Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, as you guys have already read the title, to continue the Batman theme month, we are doing Batman Gotham by Gaslight. And it was realistically for DC, it was one of their first Elseworld stories. The story was written by Brian Augustine and artwork by Mike Mignola. Now, if people are curious about Mike Mignola's artwork, like, hey, I think I've probably seen him before. He is known for Hellboy. Like, that's his art style. And Hellboy was one of his original creations for Dark Horse. And they, of course, use his artwork. So if people are kind of curious, if not, just look up Hellboy or Mike Mignola. And usually you'll find his artwork very easily. And it's very much in a... I'm trying to think of how I best want to describe it for somebody real quick for his artwork. Like, he can do really good... You know, I'm trying to think how I want to put it. He can do really good, like, you know, comic book pages. But when he's allowed to kind of do something that's a little more abstract, more like demon-like and everything like that, like, that's where his artwork really shines. Like, he definitely has a very solid, like, 80s, 90s kind of feel to his comic books. And I think that was something that I always appreciated about when, like, even to this day, his artwork has stayed pretty consistent, and I've appreciated that. So, Gotham by Gaslight, just to kind of get into the story, takes place in 1889. So, it's taking place during America's Industrial Revolution, which, interesting time for anything else. And, to be honest, I thought it was for a choice for a setting. Now, this book did come out, and I think, like, I think... 80, uh, no, I think 90. I think it was like February 9th, 1990 or something like that. And the story definitely, they do a good job, at least Brian Augustine and Mike Mignola do a good job of really making you feel like, yeah, Batman would make sense back then. Which, if you think about it, you know, Batman can make sense in certain spots, particularly for... The Industrial Revolution, he works perfectly because it's not too far from what he's dealing with and you have more of a detective like Batman, which is what you really get with this story with Gotham by Gaslight. And that's one thing I really appreciated that they did. So let's kind of get into the story real quick and we'll go from there. So the story starts up with pretty much Bruce Wayne kind of just, in a lot of ways, having these reoccurring nightmares. And... While he's having these recurrent nightmares, he's also training with some of the best, you know, minds and detectives in the world of criminology because he wants to become one of the world's greatest detectives. And over his five-year journey, he's been gone from Gotham City. You know, he's studied under the best. And one day, he, he just has the nightmare one last time. He's like, I think it's time I return. He's like, I think it's time I return to Gotham and really, you know... Show what I am. You know, show what I've become. Really try to make a change. Make a difference for the city of Gotham. So, of course, Bruce comes back from New- from Europe to come to Gotham City. He's greeted by all the Gothamites. Everyone's all excited to see him because, again, just like even in real, you know, 
comics for DC right now. In a lot of ways, Bruce Wayne's always going to be like the Prince of Gotham. Because, you know, his family's the Waynes. They have, you know, one of the more richer families of the city. And really and truly, you know, when you think of Gotham City, you always will more than likely think of Batman and Bruce Wayne and the Wayne family. So, of course, everyone's all excited to see him. You have, you know, Alfred, you have, you have Inspector Gordon, what they call him that instead of Commissioner Gordon. And then you have a close family friend named Mr. Joke or Mr. Jacob Parker, and who Bruce calls Uncle Jake. Now, Uncle Jake was a very close family friend of Bruce's dad, Thomas. And of course, you know they. If you're going off this logic, they both had served in the Civil War together. They they'd done a lot of different things, and that's why you know Bruce will call him Uncle Jake, pretty much, or Uncle Jake. Because, you know, out of respect, he's like, hey, this guy's another father figure. Which, to me, I actually appreciate that they kind of added a little to the lore. You know, this way, instead of kind of just being like the same old, same old, they're kind of like, yeah, this would kind of line up. Let's give him, you know, somebody else. It's a close family friend. Why not? So, as Bruce is, of course, making the rounds and going through and, you know, of course, you know, getting reacclimated to Gotham. He's also been hearing about these, you know, murders. Now, during this time where they set it up, you have Jack the Ripper, who's a famous serial killer from England who would go around killing women, who very much, in a lot of ways, had an obsession with, you know, women and looking at their them with their sexual prowess and their, you know, how... And he looked at them as, you know, pretty much things that... They need to die. That was his concept. At least that's how he's being portrayed in this story. And that he just, you know, women to him, they he he wanted them dead. So with that, they kind of pulled a little bit on, you know, Jack the Ripper or Jack the Ripper's actual stuff. And to me, the thing that I always appreciated is if you look at the character of Jack the Ripper in this story in particular. Or even just in real, you know, real life since he was a real character or a real person. You had a Batman villain named by the name of Victor Zaz who has very similar traits to him. And now Victor Zaz, of course, you know, psychopath who his go-to thing was he'd murder women for the thrill of it. And then when more people he murdered, he would pretty much put, you know, little marks on his body. So this way, for everybody he's murdered... And killed, he would have, you know, all these marks so he could tally up how many people he's murdered. And to me, I always thought he was a very interesting villain that isn't one that can stand a story by himself. And the reason why I go in depth with it is this way you guys can kind of see where, you know, sometimes, you know, characters can be created out of, you know, realism or, you know, real people. But then changed up, or you know, real events, stuff like that, and you know, comic books has been known to do it, or not, they copy off each other. So that's why I bring them up. And I think probably for people who are kind of curious, the I guess for movie reference, he Victor's ass was last in the Birds of Prey movie, but before that, if you're looking for book wise, his most prominent story, at least I've I've remembered him in was Batman Nightfall. He really didn't have much of it, 
but it was an interesting, you know, use of the character. Again, like I said, he's not like the overall greatest villain of all time of Batman because he never will be. He's, you know, his he's set on one thing, murder. That's his concept for his his like idea of what he wants. So he goes from there, and really, that's kind of his thing. He just he murders women. Doesn't care. He does what he wants. Now, the other way people probably might know the character's name is from Batman the Arkham games. And, he, of course, he was, you know, he was the first villain in Batman Arkham Asylum, and then he was a side villain, and go, so on and so forth. But to, uh, I guess, get back to the main story, you have Jack the Ripper going around murdering women, but you have a very interesting dialogue from him as, you know, Bruce is recommending himself to Gotham, you know, being... You know, of course, meeting with Commissioner Gordon, really kind of doing his thing. You also have Jack the Ripper going around, you know, really and truly having this monologue of, he's like, she's always smiling at me. I always hear her laughter. It's like, she has to die. No one else can have her. And they play on that concept. And, of course, it's just, you're seeing this image of a woman, and next thing you know, of course, she's killed. And while it's going on, like I was talking about, Bruce is, of course, you know, meeting with with Inspector Gordon. You know, he's getting caught up. And Inspector Gordon asked me, he's like, how was, you know, your trip to Europe? You know, how did you enjoy learning on the under the best minds of criminology and all that stuff? Bruce like, you know, it was a fantastic trip. I really enjoyed it. And Commissioner Gordon, or Inspector Gordon in this story was like, well, do you want to join up the police force? You know, like, we always need great inspectors. Like, we need, you know good minds to really get this story or you know really to help us solve murders and crimes and really with you this would set up a lot and bruce goes just jokingly he goes he's like no he's like that's for the uh the labored people he's like he's like i'm not much of a per he's like i'm grateful for you know you helping me out and reaching out to people over the cross in europe to help me kind of get this spot and to learn from them but he's like i'm not gonna really go about Really, you know, using this to be a part of the police force. And so he leaves. And Bruce, of course, returns home to Alfred. And they have a cool scene where Bruce goes to Alfred. He's like, is it ready? And Alfred's like, he's like, unfortunately, yes, it is. And you see the silhouette of a bat costume. And to me, when you see, like, the full-blown Bat costume for Batman Gotham by Gaslight, I really liked it because it made sense. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, what the Bat costume we see today, where it's kind of, you know, this over you this crazy utility belt. You know, it's kind of like more leotard feel. It was more of a leather costume, like a like how it felt. It, like, looked and felt to just how kind of hard to describe how something was feeling you don't know what it was but the look of it was more of you know that time frame you know it wasn't you know sleek it had you know you could see so marks in it you could see a lot in it and it played well and to me i always like that and the thing i liked the most was that instead of like you had the white lenses you actually had like these giant cut out eye holes so of course bruce could see out and this way his vision wouldn't be hampered. And I like that. Like, to me, I think it was just a cool aesthetic choice. So, of course, you have Batman. You know, of course, he's fighting, 
you know, against the cr the criminals of Gotham, and he's trying to clear stuff up. Now, while that's going, you have news articles going around talking about Batman, and then you have Jack the Ripper with mysterious murders. Nobody does, nobody knows that it's Jack the Ripper. They're slowly inferring that Batman could be the cause of these murders. And it's slowly getting more and more into, you know, the people of Gotham is particularly the police station that they're like, they're like, yes, I think this might be, you know, I think Bruce Wayne might be the guy that is the murderer. You know, these murders start coming back up right when Bruce returned. He was in Europe. You know, we heard about all these stories of... You know, Jack the Ripper out in Europe, women were being killed, so on and so forth. And, you know, I think it might be him. And, of course, Gordon's like, no, that's not Bruce. Like, he, he's not that kind of man. Well, during this whole, you know, Jack the Ripper thing that's been going on, Batman, of course, has been slowly but surely investigating it. And Batman is, in a lot of ways... Like anything else, he's an investigator. He picks up the knife for Jack the Ripper, and he's been kind of, you know, trying to, to study it, per se. Well, he can't really, in all intents and purposes, piece together where he's seen that type of knife before, but he knows he has. Somewhere. So, of course, while Bruce is hiding his costume and pretty much being as prepared, he's like, I knew they would come for me sooner or later. And I knew that, you know, when they did, I would have to, in all intents and purposes, be ready. He's like, they will never find out that I'm Batman or anything like that. Well, they find the bloody knife with the handkerchief and everything like that. And they're like, we, it's like we'll explain this. And, of course, Bruce gets arrested. And the thing I really appreciated is after he gets arrested, you have the sequence of events. You know, Bruce Wayne goes to trial, you know. People are calling for his blood. They want him dead because he's been killing women. You have his uncle Jake trying to, you know, save his life. Telling him, like, oh, these these charges won't stick. So on and so forth. And he's, you know, trying to reassure him like anything else. But while this is going on, Bruce is, you know, having to figure out who is the real mastermind behind these killings. And Bruce, of course, with him being stuck in jail, there's nothing he can really do. So as time, you know, goes on, you have days, and it goes on to, feels like to be about a month, you have where, you know, the city of Gotham's like, we, we're going to find Bruce Wayne guilty, you know, we're going to hang him. Now, during this time, Jim Gordon has decided, he's like, I, he's like, I know it's not Bruce Wayne. So he goes to talk to Bruce, and he's like, he's like, this is what we have file-wise on him. We need your help, you know. In all intents and purposes, I know you are not the killer. You're too smart, and I know you have the detective ability to solve this murder. These murders. Because at the end of the day, if there's one thing I do know, it's that you're a Wayne. You're not somebody who's just going to go crazy out of nowhere. And Bruce is like, well, what if you're wrong? And, and Commissioner Gordon's, well, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But, you know, you need to help us solve this. He's like, because I'm stumped. There's no way else I can figure it out. So, Bruce, over five days, he's just trying to figure out, he's like, who is this mysterious Jack the Ripper? He's like, because I know this is more just an alias, not a real person to him. So, of course, he is, in all intents and purposes, playing it out in his head, and he's going crazy. And I like 
what Mike Mignola did with the artwork of, you slowly, as time goes on, where Bruce is thinking about this for so long, he gets more and more tired. He gets, you know, more of a 5 o'clock shadow. You can tell where it's draining on him. And I appreciated that in the story. And finally, Bruce, you know, thinking he gave up, he throws around one of the books. A picture falls out. And within, you know, his files that he's been able to have, he looks at, you know, the knife again. He thinks about it, he's, and he remembers in, one, in his dad's old files, back when his dad was in the Civil War, you know, his uncle Jacob was there with him. And the only other person that had medical knowledge was somebody from trained in that area. And it slowly starts dawning on him who the killer might be. Alfred, of course, shows up to, you know, in all his purposes, help Bruce, help Bruce, you know, get out of here. And Alfred, of course, picks the lock, and Bruce, of course, you know, goes, I need you to switch spots with me. I have to stop Jack the Ripper once and for all. You think I know who it is. So, Bruce, of course, you know, goes and while goes to find Jack the Ripper, and he's just waiting. Now, Jack the Ripper, during this whole time, has just been going crazy. That same monologue he's been playing. And he's just about to murder his last woman because he's like, he can't wait anymore. He's, at this point, he's, you know, he's infatuated. He wants her dead. And he's like, I, I need this. He's like, I have the perfect scapegoat. Bruce is dead, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, he sees Batman. He's like, no, 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 no. And starts running away. Bruce, of course, you know, goes after him. And he's, you know... Knowing that he's putting the fear in Jack the Ripper. And when he finally is able to stop Jack the Ripper, he remo he sees that it's actually his uncle Jake. His uncle Jacob Parker. And of course, Jacob goes in depth with why he always hated the Waynes. The woman he's been seeing this whole time has been Martha Wayne. Every time he thinks of the woman, he thinks of, you know, this laughter. He sees her because he was truly infatuated with her. He never felt like she should have ever been with Thomas, that she was meant to be his. And whenever he tried to make advances, she would always smile and laugh at him. And it drove him crazy. And it just truly, you know, it solidified kind of this craziness he's been going for. This, you know, over time he's been going crazy. Well, you also find out that it was actually Jacob Parker who hired the, hired the man to have... Thomas and Martha Wayne murdered. They were supposed to kill Bruce as well, but they were unsuccessful. So, Bruce at this point has, you know, he, he's revealed himself. He's just kind of parents made Jacob even more at this point, spewing out his whole monologue why he does what he does. And it gets, at the end of it, you know, Batman's already beaten him, and, of course, the police are showing up. Well, with a one-last-ditch effort, you know, Bruce is like, just send him to jail. He's like, he needs to go to jail. This is your true murderer. And Jacob makes one last move. He has the scalpel he's been using. And slices that Batman. Manages to cut him. But Jim Gordon, of course, shoots him dead. And that's more or less how the story ends. And that's kind of why I liked it. Because it's not a super long story. It's only about 49 pages. But what Mike Mignola and Brian Augustine were able to do with the character, kind of, you know, put him in a different time setting, make an interesting story out of it, 
I think is what was beneficial. Now, they did have a 2018 movie, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Now, to me, I like both the, both the original comics and the movie because they do great jobs of establishing what would Batman be like in that time. Now, there are things that they changed from the book to the movie, particularly who you know, Jack the Ripper really is. They don't really play much into the Jacob Parker portion. They play more into more of a mystery, which to me makes sense. You know, you also get to see more classic Batman's rogues gallery, so on and so forth. And it's probably within my top 10 favorite DC animated movies. And so with that being said, I guess there's really not much more I can say other than saying either read the book or read or watch the movie. There was a sequel to the story, it was I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think it was wasn't Masters of Fear. I think it was where is it? Let me bring it up. Cause I don't think it is. Yeah, I should have had this prepared earlier. See, it got them by Gaslight, and then you had the sequel, The Master of the Future, which took place three years later. So, definitely, with all intents and purposes, if you guys are ever bored looking for something, you know, something different that, you know, deals with Batman, that's not traditional story, you have to, you know, you have to know all sorts of knowledge about, you have to figure out what arcs. Then I highly suggest, you know, checking out Batman Gotham by Gaslight. I think you guys will appreciate it enough. Yeah. You guys have a great day. Later.